The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 242. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. If you don't want to search for all those social media sites, just go to my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. You've got all my social media buttons at the top of the page. Click on those, take you right to the account and subscribe there. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook. Forgotten Founders and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You'll also get a little email after that. gives you a link to a free class if you sign up at McClanahanAcademy.com, which is a great website, too. It's a way to support the show. Or you can go directly to McClanahanAcademy.com. It's always free to enroll at McClanahanAcademy.com. And those that do enroll do get the best deals on forthcoming courses. And there's a big hint in that because there's a forthcoming course coming your way really, really really soon. You also get my 10 myths of American history when you sign up at McClanahanAcademy.com. Um, just check your email after you sign up because it's going to come in a link through an email. So make sure after you sign up, you check your email, you go out and grab that link and you enroll in the class. So great way to support the site. I've got six classes for sale there. Soon to be, very, very, very soon to be seven classes. Uh, the newest class is going to be the first half of a U.S. history survey course. It is a complete college or high school level course. When I say complete, not only does it have lectures, audio and video lectures, I'm going to give you some reading seminars in it that are audio and video. You're going to get tests. You're going to get uh, writing assignments. You're going to get the whole kit and caboodle. So if you want to use this as a homeschool course for your kids or continue education or that college class that you never had that you want to take from me, you can get that class. It's going to be awesome. It is awesome. Um, but it is uh, it is going to be launching very soon, at least in pre-order form. So um, you're going to want that. So go out to McClanahanAcademy.com and roll. You can also support the course or uh, support the course, support the show by going to LearnTrueTrueHistory.com. LearnTrueHistory.com. That is my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. Great website as well. You got over 20 courses there: philosophy, economics, in addition to history. So you get more. Than what you just get at McClanahan Academy in terms of, of uh, you know, McClanahan Academy is history only. This this site has more, um, and it's a great great deal. Great, a lot of bang for your buck there. Great professors: Tom Woods, Kevin Goodsman, Brad Berzer, Jason Jewell, Bob Murphy. Your, yours truly. A lot of good stuff. So go to LearnTrueHistory.com, buy a subscription to that website through my affiliate link. You help support the Brian McClanahan Show, and of course, always get your Brian McClanahan Show gear at redbubble.com. Just go to my website, brianmcclanahan.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a button that says shop. Click on that. Take you right to the website. Get your Brian McClanahan apparel. And don't forget to share this podcast around on social media. Rate it on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps get people interested in the podcast and get some eyeballs on the podcast. So it's a great way to think locally and act locally. All right. All that said, a lot of stuff to talk about. In fact, this is going to be kind of a, po a potpourri, a hodgepodge here of things, but they are all under one theme. And it, it goes back to the fact that um, Sunday, this last Sunday, June 30th, marked the 10th anniversary 
of the publication of my Politically Incorrect Guide to the Founding Fathers. It's my first book. Um, what, I remember when I interviewed, uh, did an interview with Tom Woods on his uh, podcast uh, a while back, he asked me, he said, all right, uh, where, is, where was the first publication you had that wasn't just you know, uh, a paper somewhere? And honestly, it was that book. I was never published before that. I never published a journal article. I never published a magazine article. Of course, I, I um, had a, uh, an article or two at lewrockwell.com before the book came out. But uh, that was it. I mean, the, the, the book was my first in-print publication. And he was shocked by that. He said, gosh, you know, most people have a journal article or something else. No, it was that book. And uh, I was, the, the book has got some, there's some mistakes in it. I wrote it very quickly. A lot of people don't realize how those pigs, pig books work. Um, you got you to gotta write them. They give you about four to six weeks. And uh, it, was, it was tough. So I wrote it very, very quickly. And when you do that, you do make some mistakes here and there. But I am still very proud of that book. And I remember when I wrote the book and when I pitched the book, I made the case that the founding generation were being reduced. And I said that in the introduction. Um, they are being minimized. But I didn't realize how quickly things would happen to where they're going to, the attempt is going to be to eliminate the founding generation from uh, American society. And why? Because they are now the founding racists. I mean, this is the, the left is now openly saying these things. Whereas 10 years ago, not so much. It was a little more covert. They were doing things like uh, taking George Washington out uh, of their books or contextualizing George Washington or taking Thomas Jefferson out in a way or contextualizing Thomas Jefferson. I'm not taking him out entirely, but they would say things like, well, Jefferson may have written the Declaration of Independence, but he was a slave owner. Or Patrick Henry may have delivered the speech, give me liberty or give me death, but how much does this guy really appreciate liberty when he was a slave owner? George Washington may have fought for American liberty, but how much did he really think about American liberty when he was a slave owner, you see? Or George Washington was a pockmarked slave owner. Thomas Jefferson was a racist slave owner. So you see, it wasn't that they would completely remove these individuals, but they would contextualize the individuals. And so I've said many times over, it doesn't matter if I was talking about it on this podcast, it doesn't matter if I was talking about it on the Abbeville Institute podcast, which if you want to get me three times a week, go to the Abbeville Institute uh, website, abbevilleinstitute.org, and get their podcast. I said, look, Confederate statues... For everyone that's against Confederate statues, maybe you are. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, you're hearing it for the first time, you say, I don't really like Confederate statues. Okay. I don't really like Confederate monuments. They represent something bad in America. I would disagree with you, but um, fine. It's just a low-hanging fruit. The next step is George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, the Declaration, the Constitution itself. All of those things have to be contextualized or eliminated because... They were slave owners or written by slave owners, and so you can't have that. And we just saw that this week. In fact, this week has gone nuts with some things that, again, 10 years ago, I didn't see happening the way that they are right now this quickly. 10 years, all of this has happened. I mentioned the book, Look, The Founding Generations, Greatest Generation in American History. If you've never bought that book, you should get that book. I mean, it is my first um, but I mentioned, I call them the greatest generation. Forget the World War II generation. It's the founding generation. And there's a reason for that. 
This is a generation that won two wars for independence against the British. I mean, they were still participating in the War of 1812, uh, at least in leadership roles. Um, they wrote two governing documents for the general government of the United States. They wrote 13 state constitutions and then had to part in some of the new states that came in and writing those constitutions. Several of them were still around into the uh, 1820s and 30s when other state, when states were rewriting their constitutions. So this is a generation that did, they wrote the Bill of Rights. They wrote several state, several state Bill of Rights. They ensured in Virginia, for example, we had the statute of religious freedom. This was an important generation, more important than any other generation in American history and, and greater than any other generation in American history. These were real Republicans with a lowercase r. So I said that this is, there's a reason why we should study them, but then the left knows what they mean because you see that America, that, that founding generation, the founders America is drastically different than the America that's recreated in 1865, or really it's more like 1868. The America that's recreated following the war is a different America. And we saw that this week. It was openly said when the uh, shoe brand Nike decided that they were going to uh, produce a shoe with a Betsy Ross flag on the heel of the shoe. Now, um, <laughs> it's a U.S. flag, right? It's a U.S. flag, okay? Colin Kaepernick who I have talked about on this particular podcast, immediately as the spokesman for Nike, called up Nike and said, I don't think we should produce that shoe. It's offensive. And why was it offensive? Because the Bessie Ross flag is racist. You see, this is where we're going in America. Now, the SPLC, for all the discredited nonsense they are, I mean, just a bunch of idiots, um, they are, and they can't see what they're doing, and this is what they're doing. But see, this is the aim of American education. It's and and it's it's covert. Back in the '70s, people were talking about the founding racists, and the and so you've had whole generations of Americans taught, indoctrinated that the founding generation is bad. And that's the purpose, right? So the progressives infiltrated the public education system. They got in the universities. And this has been their agenda from the beginning, and we're seeing the fruits of their labor now with people like Colin Kaepernick and the other people that just, oh yeah, because you see what they're taught their entire lives. George Washington's a racist. Thomas Jefferson's a racist. James Madison's a racist. Betsy Ross is a racist. You had slavery in all 13, well, they don't really know you had it in all 13 states, but you certainly had it, and we did have it in all 13 states uh, when, the, uh, when the United States was created. They know this. They know this. And so what they've done is said, well, I mean, it's hypocritical. We have all these people talking about liberty. We have this all men are created equal. But it's all nonsense because these people didn't believe it. So you've got the first U.S. flag. And then you've got all the U.S. flags up to 1865 that are racist. Now, see, the SPLC said, I know people can say that about the U.S. flag, that it flew over slavery longer and that it flew on slave ships and all these kind of things. But... That flag stood for freedom. Well, not to these people, not to Colin Kaepernick. He would say that oh, you can only have the 50 stars on there. That's it. That's the only time you don't have a racist U.S. flag. But think about that statement for a second. When we added the two other stars in the 1950s, right, had we really desegregated yet? So was America still racist in the 1950s? Absolutely. 
We still had racist people. So when can you even use the U.S. flag? You see, when can you? Uh, the Star Spangled Banner was written by a racist, Francis Scott Key. So we can't even have that. You see, this is the entire agenda. And it came home with Kaepernick's decision to call Nike and say, we can't produce a shoe with that flag on the heel because it's racist. And he was backed up, backed up by the leftist media. Not really leftist media, the corporate media. I think Michael Malice is on is right about this. The media, I mean, it has it's their agenda is not just leftist or progressive. It is an entire transformation of America. And he calls it the cathedral. But it's it's that, right? I mean, it, it really is their agenda. This is what they intend to do. So, and you look at the BuzzFeed article that that uh, first of all, um, the uh, the Wall Street Journal broke this story. Okay, so if you want to pay to read it from the Wall Street Journal. But BuzzFeed produced an article on July 1st. Um, and the subtitle, Nike is pulling a sneaker with the Betsy Ross flag after Kaepernick raised concerns. Subtitle, some white nationalists have adopted the historic flag. You see, there it is. BuzzFeed, the morons at BuzzFeed, Claudia Kerner, whoever the heck that is, uh, some moron at BuzzFeed, um, has said, uh, here it is. Here it is, the white supremacist. And, and let me get to where it says this. A Nike spokesperson confirmed it ultimately pulled the sneakers because of its use of the flag. Nike has chosen not to release the Air Max 1 Quick Strike 4th of July as it featured an old version of the American flag, a company statement said. A spokesman for Kaepernick didn't comment. Images of the shoes have been spread on sneaker sites and social media ahead of the scheduled release, and some fans have been eager to buy the new, the new Air Max. Along with a red, white, and blue color scheme, it featured an embroidered flag on the heel bearing 13 stars for the original 13 states. But on social media, particularly the Instagram account for Sneaker News, critics said the flag also carries racist history. So you have these idiots on with, look, four likes. Four likes. Saying things about the... Uh, Diego Deluxe, can't wait for the Confederate Air Max 90s. You see, here it is. The U.S. flag from 1776 is equal to the Confederate flag of 1861. Now, in some ways, you can make that case that the founding generation was doing the exact same thing as, as the Southerners in 1861 because they're both declaring their independence. So I would actually heartily agree in some ways that that's true. That flag from 1776 represents independence. So does the flag from 1861. It represents independence, political independence. Uh, Champ's Feet says, so Nike uses a flag that was flying when slavery was still going on. Not a good move at all. I mean, we're, these people would have been going into apoplectic shock in, in 1976 when that flag was everywhere because we had the bicentennial. What are, the, what are we going to do what are we going to do in six years when we're at the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence? What are we going to do? We're not going to be able to use any flag. We're not going to be able to talk. I mean, this is going to be, I, I, seriously, I'm, I, this is a serious question. What are we going to do? Because Jefferson's racist. The Declaration is racist. The U.S. flag is racist. George Washington's racist. Thomas, uh, James Madison's racist. Uh, so all these people are racist. 
Alexander Hamilton is the only one we can talk about because supposedly, because uh, uh, Lynn Miranda says he's not racist, he's okay. Um, but he was racist. Uh, you know, Ben Franklin owned slaves. What are we going to do about that? You can't do any, you can't have anybody. John Adams is racist. So who are we going to talk about in six years from now when we have the 250th anniversary? This is a great question. Keep in mind, in six years, we won't be able to use any imagery from the founding generation. I almost guarantee it if the left can control the narrative, if the progressives can control the narrative, if the morons like Champ's Feet, Diego Deluxe, and Yako Libre control the narrative. And then BuzzFeed says, in recent years, the flag has also been used for political purposes, including by some white nationalists. A 2018 story by The Outline noted, the flag was on display in the home of a member of white nationalist group Identity Europa. Um, so if, the, if that group flew the U.S. flag, like, I mean, so think about this for a second. The Ku Klux Klan flew the U.S. flag at every single one of their rallies. But, so, and, and this, this is true now. They fly the U.S. flag at every single one of their rallies. So should that flag be taken down? They fly it. But this is this is the stupid the stupidity of these people. And then in 2016, students at a high school in Grand Rapids, Michigan displayed the Betsy Ross flag along with a Trump campaign flag. Oh my god. So you have people flying the Betsy Ross flag and a Donald Trump flag? Well, Donald Trump is a white supremacist. He's a white nationalist, so then it's white nationalist. This is again the in the world that these people exist which I can't even comprehend it sometimes. This is, this is their logical connection. To wave a historical flag, version of our flag, that to some symbolizes exclusion and hate, injects hostility and confusion to an event where no one intended to do so, the apology said, rep uh, the apology said, reported at the time. M. Live report. I mean, who are these spineless little weasels? So here we have an athlete interjecting. Uh, fine, Ka Kaepernick can have his stupid opinion, but Nike, corporate America, oh, oh well, well, we can't do this because we don't want to offend some people. So I think that, I mean, Nike actually saw increases in their sales after Kaepernick was made the poster boy for Nike. I don't know what's going to happen here if Nike is going to see a hit or they're going to see... but. This goes further than just Colin Kaepernick because people that are, are logically thinking people are going to say, well, this is a little bit too far now. We love the Betsy Ross flag, but you probably are going to have some on the left say, well, I never really thought about it that way. I guess they're right. Dur, 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 dur. Uh, again, politically incorrect guy of the founding fathers was so important 10 years ago. It's even more important now because you have these idiots running around that, I mean, it's, it's almost... You, you almost can't parody these people. You almost can't do it. But it only gets worse this week. Because not only did you have the Nike news, Daily Call, or I'm sorry, Town Hall published a story yesterday. Charlottesville City Council votes to remove Jefferson's birthday as an official holiday. Now, this is Charlottesville. This is the birth <laughs> this is where Jefferson's house is located. This is the University of Virginia. This is his town. 
If anywhere should have a should have a birthday celebration to Thomas Jefferson, it would be Charlottesville, Virginia. Now we could say that maybe Jefferson wouldn't have wanted this himself. He didn't really want the he didn't like all that kind of stuff. He thought that smacked of monarchy. I mean, we could we could talk about that. But regardless, the town where Thomas Jefferson put on the map because of his house and because of his university now has taken his birthday away. I mean, I don't know. The guy that wrote the declaration is pretty important, right? Well, not to the city of Charlottesville anymore. Let's get into the article. Despite the contributions from Thomas Jefferson to the city of Charlottesville and the American people, such as, I don't know, these little things like the Declaration of Independence and the founding of the world's greatest universities, the University of Virginia, the city's, the city's government voted on Monday to officially unrecognize his birthday as a holiday. According to NBC 29, counselors voted late Monday, July 1, to remove April 13 from the city's holiday schedule. In order to keep the amount of paid holidays, the city has added March 3rd as Liberation and Freedom Day in order to commemorate the day U.S. troops officially emancipated enslaved people in Charlottesville following the end of the Civil War. Uh, so let's get rid of a birthday celebrating the or holiday celebrating the guy that was you know, arguably one of the most six most important individuals in American history. Let's just take care of that, get rid of that, so we can have a holiday commemorating people that, I mean, sure, laborers, fine, but didn't contribute anything like the Declaration of Independence. Let's just flip all of American history on its head. Let's just do that. Uh, when you go to the, and I, and I emailed this the other day, you go to the American War for, or the American Revolution Museum, I can't remember what the title of it is, in Philadelphia. A lot of the exhibits have to do with people that were really, frankly, insignificant in the war. Um, slaves, and, and certainly helped on the home front. And there were about 5,000 African Americans that fought for independence. More fought against it. And this is because the British said the war was about slavery. Good, the good thing they didn't win the war. But they have whole exhibits to this. So we're gonna. This this is the goal. You see, you you numb people up to this stuff. You get them primed for it by doing little things like that. And then we're just gonna have to get rid of that birthday because Jefferson's a racist. Supporters of the new holiday, such as Ben Doherty, argue that the decision quote will be a big step towards more accurately preventing. I'm sorry, presenting the history of Charlottesville. More accurately presenting the history of Charlottesville and recognizing the importance and value of the lives of the black residents who made up the majority of the population of the city and county at the time of this. Oh, yeah. More accurately representing the history of Charlottesville. I mean, forget about the guy, that, again, that put it on the map. Yeah, we're not going to worry about him. We're just going to focus on the people that, uh, were, that lived here, that were the majority of the population. Critics, however, say that the decision downplays the historical significance that Jefferson has in America. You think? You think? He, Jefferson, was the nation's first Secretary of State. He was the second Vice President of the United States. He was the third President of the United States, Scott Warner said in a statement. With all these incredible accomplishments, it's inconceivable for our area not to honor his birthday as a holiday. I agree. Inconceivable. Not to the left. Not inconceivable to them. What's inconceivable to them is to have a holiday that represents a founding racist. You see, we are in a an ideological battle that's only going to be won or lost. There's no compromise. You either win it or you lose it. And right now, right now, because of con the, they've made the first step, it's we're going to take down Confederate statues. People get used to that. Right? 
Oh, well, then we're going to do this because these people were racist too. And then we're going to do this because these people were racist too. The first step is always the easiest one. Then you go a little further. It's just like with uh, uh, health care, right? First step, we're going to have a Pom Obamacare. You like your doctor, you keep your doctor. We're not, we're not put, kicking people off private insurance. We're not doing any of that. We're not going to single payer. Ten, ten years later, we're going to single payer. You see, it's the incremental steps that get you to accept what's going to happen, the inevitable. The inevitable is, mark my words, that America must begin in 1975. And why do I say 1975? Or maybe even 1976 or 77. You can't start until the 70s. Maybe 1977, because that's following the bicentennial. Uh, but I say the, the 1973 to 75, because this is when you finally had the, um, the complete uh, end of the initial civil rights push in America. So you can't have anything before that point. You can't. Peace concludes to steal from James Robbins, author of Erasing America. The city's decision to do away with Jefferson Day proves, quote, a point President Donald Trump made a year ago that erasing honors to the Confederacy is only the starting point in general assault on American memory. Well, I've been saying that for, for years, right? I mean, it, it, Donald Trump said it, but I've been saying it before that. I've been saying <laughs> I've been saying it since before 2015 in various forms. Now, I haven't been doing this podcast that long. Uh, but I've been writing about it. Is it George Washington next week, he said, is, and is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Liberal historians tut-tutted at the president for even suggesting such an absurdity. Now it seems that the president was absolutely correct. Of course. Of course. This is a complete, a, this part of the complete agenda. I mean, look, the NOLA people, the uh, take them down NOLA people, which are you know looking at, we're getting rid of the Confederate monuments in New Orleans, have said openly, we want to take down George Washington over the library. We want to take down Andrew Jackson. We want to take down all of those things. Now, rational people said, well, uh, okay, we can't do that. I mean, but it's going to come because eventually those rational people are older. They're going to die out. The young people in America, young people in America are this stupid because of their indoctrination. And this is where we are. This is where we are in America. It, it's without question, this is where we are in America. And I want to finish with Megan Rapino, Rapino, however you say her name. Rapino, I think it is. The fact that the Women's World Cup star was benched because uh, nobody knows why. Could be an injury, could be something else, but she was benched in the semifinal match with uh, against England yesterday in the Women's World Cup. Now, Megan Rapino made some waves because she criticized Donald Trump when he said, she said, we're just not going to the White House if we're invited. I don't think we'll be invited, but we're not going, or I'm not going. And so she and Trump had a Twitter spar, Twitter feud. Now, in the podcast episode, Shut Up and Dribble, can't remember the episode number, you can go out and look for it. I made the point that athletes should be able to say whatever they want to say. And I still stand by that with one caveat. If you are playing for the United States and representing the United States, she's not representing her professional soccer league team. I don't even know if there is a women's professional soccer league team. But if there is, she's not representing that team. She's representing the United States. That means she represents everybody in the United States 
on that team in an athletic, it's not a political venue. You mean you can say, well, Donald Trump's supposed to represent everybody too. No, he, well, he is, but he's also a politician. He's also representing his political agenda. So not everyone's going to agree with that. But when you talk about a soccer team or a basketball team or a baseball team or a hockey team, when you talk about these particular teams, at that point, the point of sports is to have, a, have a, an event where we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about identity. We don't talk about all these things. And that's where she's coming from, of course. It's her identity. And that's fine. She can have all of that when she's not representing the United States in the World Cup. She can come out after that and say, if she's not on the soccer team anymore, I hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump's an idiot. Donald Trump is terrible. Donald Trump is all the pejoratives she can think of. She can do all of that she wants. I am fully in accord with that. Do it. You got a platform. You want to try to influence people. Go ahead. Do it. I disagree. We can all disagree. But while she's representing the United States in the Women's World Cup, she's representing every young lady, every person that likes soccer out there. She needs to not say anything. She could have said, well, we'll see if Donald Trump invites us to the White House and, and we'll take it from there. Or... What she should have said is, I, you know, as as one of the one of the biggest uh, um, images personalities on the soccer team, well, we would be honored to be invited to the White House. Doesn't matter who's president, we would be honored to be invited to the White House uh, to uh, to go and meet the president. Uh, you know, it is the U.S. soccer team. It's not like it's uh, again a professional sports team. Those are private organ. I mean, they can say well, we don't want to go. Fine. Fine, they didn't want to go. I think the invited the White House stuff is just ridiculous anyways. I mean, all that stuff is just stupid. And the national anthem before every game, for every professional event, that's all just stupid. But regardless, um, the, the fact is that she does represent the United States. She doesn't just represent her, her team. Um, so in that case, she probably needs to not say these things if you have a on a team like that. Now, she's representing Atlanta. Fine. She's representing, you know, New York or San Francisco or wherever she would play in her professional team. Fine. She can say whatever she wants. But in this particular case, she can't. And I think it's interesting that the backlash was to a point where she was benched. She was benched. Maybe she doesn't really represent all of America. Maybe all of America is not behind her. Now, if you went on Twitter and Instagram, you would think that all of America is behind Megan Rapino. But we have to remember Twitter and social media is a very small sliver of America. It really is. People that live on these social media platforms that think that's representative of America, it's just like you go, the people go out to Instagram and you pull these idiots that have four likes. Well, there we go. People think this. Four people? Four people out of 300. You're talking about 320 million people. I can almost guarantee out of 320 million people, if you were to show people that flag, probably 75 to 85 to 90% of the people would say, that's not offensive. Most people wouldn't. Most sane people wouldn't say that. But four people on Instagram would, and Nike, which lives in a world that social media dominates, would say, oh, everybody doesn't like it. I would offend four people. Offend four people. Do it. Just do it. Just offend four people. It's worth it. So we've gone actually insane this week. Things have just gone insane. And I think it's great in this way. It shows what the left agenda really is. What the progressive agenda really is. It shows what they're trying to do. I've been saying this for years. 
If you take my class on Reconstruction at McClanahan Academy, I talk about this. Reconstruction goes through 1975, but I make the case you could say it's still ongoing because this is part of Reconstruction. This, this thing by Kaepernick and Nike, it's all part of Reconstruction. Tearing down Confederate monuments, all part of Reconstruction. Because you got to tear down the founding generation too. Now, the leaders of Reconstruction at the time wouldn't have said that because they tried to attach it to that. But it was said, it was known, that you start doing this, you are destroying the entire fabric of the United States. And you are. And here we are, 2019, it's still happening. It's uh, We live in strange times. Now remember, again, I'm going to conclude, don't forget to sign up for McClanahan Academy. I've got good, 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 awesome stuff there. You've got I've got a new course coming out. Um, you're going to want to get it. And if you're a member, you're going to get it for the best deal. You're going to get it in the pre-order phase, which we're coming up very, 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 very soon. Um, so it doesn't officially launch until August 1. But we're in the pre-order stage, and you're going to get the best price on it while we're in the pre-order stage. So... Uh, or that creator stage is coming up. So I will see you next time on The Brian McClain. Show.